what's something that you've learned about growing a business that's important if you don't have much of a business background like what, what are some of the main things that you've taken away from this i feel like you cannot grow your own business if you're not willing to go out and market yourself and network that's just one of the greatest things i've learned like if that's like one of our goals for 2019 is make sure we go to at least one social networking thing at least once a month at minimum um because how is anyone going to know about us if we're not putting ourselves out there i think that's something that's really important to understand and to know even though we're in a big city it's the business and entrepreneurship community is pretty tight-knit if you put yourself out there you never know what that's going to bring you whether it's an introduction to somebody else a resource connection whatever that might be just always having a smile always being positive and optimistic has been something that i've been trying to focus on myself small business owners listen up this is the small business saturday podcast series once a week every saturday we highlight a small local unique business owner to tell their story as to how they got started and how they grew their business we're starting here specifically in the city of philadelphia and then expanding you're probably thinking of the day after black friday being small business saturday well we expanded upon that with a weekly podcast and a monthly video series highlighting these unique small business owners across the city so if you are an entrepreneur or small business owner stay tuned we've got a great episode for you if you want to get involved send us a message and remember to shop small. Hey Philly, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Saturday. We're about to launch into the new year 2019 and we have a special guest Idalia with Beyond the Seams. Idalia, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Awesome, we're glad to have you. I know uh, Devin put us in touch and I've been excited to talk to you because I've you know, actually been in conversation with a couple friends that have similar businesses, but I'm more curious as to your story. So beyond the seams, you know, you're located here on North Broad. Tell me a little bit about you as we jump into this. About the store? Yeah, tell me about Beyond the Seams. Like, what's your story? How'd you get started? Okay, um, so Beyond the Seams is, the way that I summarize it up to most people is just, I call it a multifunctional creative space. But it started with my husband's um, background and experience in apparel design. Um, he used to make his own types of clothing and he's worked in embroidery before. So he's always wanted to open his own store um and kind of give a platform to like local young designers who are emerging in the city and uh together we kind of combined both our interests and that's how we got the name beyond the seams so it's more than just apparel but also with my background in art we made it like a gallery also and for a space where people can come together and enjoy and really um appreciate art that's made locally that that's interesting because i'm looking at the your website and i'm looking at artist spotlight and i didn't really understand at first you know what you just mentioned about a, a community and having other designers in there can you expand upon that a little bit building a community in there yeah like the, the other artists and how you find them and work together yeah um so we really want to just be like a place for 
local creatives to just kind of meet each other um, through them coming to us. And that often happens in our, so far since we've been open, um, I've been able to introduce some artists to each other and that are like trying to explore different ideas and techniques. And it's just so nice to be able to build a community around that. And right now, like my first month, I was able to find artists through a friend. Her name is Sheena Garcia. She's very active in the Philadelphia artist community. Um, and she introduced to me a lot of artists. And that's how it started. Like you really word of mouth. Um, and other, and then I think I had like Simone Salib, who's like a really popular Philly street artist right now. And Lazy Beam, who, who uh, her name's Manuela. She, like, they kind of like reached out to each other. And it's like, and it was just so nice that they were able to like bring people in that they knew and brought them to our space. I'm like, hey, this is a great space for you to check, check out. And it's just like creating a just a really nice space for like-minded individuals to get together and talk and build and encourage each other. So it's a creator space where if you're an artist, do you have to be like a certain type of artist? Like, what are you looking for exactly as to like who's part of this this team or community? Honestly, I I tell everyone it our place is a blank canvas and I want it to be adaptable to our, our artists who come and work with us. Um, it's funny because my our, my in-laws are always like, oh, because they used to have a store in Egypt and they would have a, they would fill it up. And be like, oh, you don't have enough stuff in here. It's too empty, it's too empty. And I was like, I know, but I was just, I need it to be open because I want artists to come in here and feel like if they wanted to do something crazy or whatever that they can. And um, we don't have any specific requirements. I had someone who made sunglasses. Well, he doesn't make them. He does something called metallization, where he converts through oxidization. He makes the plastic into like a metal uh, surface. We hosted his uh, things in our store. We have someone right now who creates jewelry. Um, we have painters. We have people who make clothes. We have a woman who makes hooded scarves. So really anything you create that you want to try to get a platform on, you we are for you. We want you in our store. So I, I know there's a lot of co-working spaces and, and stuff out there like WeWork, which is where our office is, and you know, Ben's desk and some others, but I don't know if there's like many creator like artistic spaces. Uh, I can think of a, a few that you know I'll mention, but you know, yours is more so meant for creators and artists but it's not so much like a co-working space, right? No, so we're like a boutique gallery space and we host workshops, but we don't, we're not necessarily like a co-working space. This is a place where you will showcase your work. Have you heard of uh, the PPAC, Philadelphia Photo Arts Center? Um, I feel like it's ringing a bell, but I'm not sure. So the Philadelphia Photo Arts Center, it's a nonprofit. It's been around for a couple years. Uh, my friend Sarah Stolfa started it and she, she was actually on a previous Small Business Saturday episode. I'll have to share that with you afterwards, but you guys should definitely connect. They, they sort of have like a creator gallery and the creator space. Mm -hmm. it's not far from you. It's like old Kensington. Um, what road is that? Like American, on American. Okay. 
Yeah, there's definitely some crossover there. But you guys, you're not a, a nonprofit. You guys are for profit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're definitely for profit. I we just started the business, and I was actually just thinking about if we would fall under the line of nonprofit. But I don't think we do. We're definitely because we would sell merchandise and earn an income off of that. So yeah. Which I guess leads me to one of my next questions was sort of like, what's the revenue model? What's, what's the business model on this? Um, that is where my husband would come in. To play. Uh-huh. I really am just, I do the organizing. I run the store and all of that, but he handles like the business model and all of the nooks and finances and everything like that. I wish it, he was here. It's probably... <laughs> So it's like, you know, what are the common ways that you guys anticipate to make money? So it's like, it's like selling apparel and like, uh, you know, different artwork. Uh, but is honestly, there anything else on top of that? Yeah. So honestly, our, um, we don't make too much money off of like hosting like our, our art. So like right now we have paintings on the wall and we only, we, you don't, artists don't have to pay anything to showcase their work in our store. The only thing is we ask for a small 25% commission rate off of the sale if they sell. But if you don't sell anything and you got people to see your work, you don't lose anything, but you had a chance to share your work with the community. Um, uh, And then we do workshops on every Saturday, we have a workshop and those is like our main income base. And we have our screen printing services and that's really the bulk of our revenue. Okay. Got it. Interesting. So I'm more curious about your backstory, I guess you and your husband, because you said you were an artist or you went to school for something like that. You know, mm-hmm. what's your story as to where you, what you were doing before this and how you got into this? Honestly, I graduated with a degree in interior design. So I naturally have like, I'm just very creative and I like designing things and things like that. Um, but uh, before this, I was working in New York in the Department of Education, uh, and I was a project uh, project associate over there. Um, and then I moved back to Philly after meeting my husband, and um, I was doing more project management. Um, I even taught for a little bit, did substitute teaching. Um, I'm, I also am a very strong and impassioned advocate for education for you. So that's kind of why I started getting into the education realm and left interior design because um, I didn't feel the passion for it anymore. But then it's just opportunity stroke. And we had this store that was open for us to take. And so we jumped on it. And that's how I got here. And I kind of embraced my husband's dream and kind of like made it my own also. Education is a big topic right now. And, and I, for one, am a little fed up with traditional education starting at a very young age. I think, mm. I, I, if anything, I think that's one of the biggest industries that needs to and will be disrupted over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Absolutely. I'm, I'm personally, I'm kind of, I'm one of those people who think education needs to be free. Like, I think, you know, call me a socialist or whatever, but like, it's just, it's so important and and you know what's the thing that like 
I don't know, like affects me the most is I grew up in North Philly. I grew up in Northern Liberties before it became Northern Liberties and it was just North Philly. And I would come across young kids all the time while I was like, you know, I, I tell this story to everybody and it's like, I was getting ready to like fill out my uh, college applications at my friend's house and her cousin was over, he was like nine years old. And I was telling him like, and I was venting to my friend about the apps and stuff. and. I was like to the little kid, you know, you know, one day you're going to have to do this too. You know, you're going to have to fill out all these applications to go to college. And he was like, what? I'm not going to college. I ain't going to college. I'm from B block. <laughs> That's not my future. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I like got down on my knees and I held him to by his arms. I was like, you don't ever let where you come from determine your future. Like if you want to do something, you could do it. And like, that's like my biggest, like, thing like because environments can be so um they shape our youth like that's why it's so important to have a safe space like education for children it's it's like it's not even an option for them to think about it's not even like something that crosses their mind when because of their environment yeah like this what do you think about i mean feel free to really divulge but what do you think about like local education or city education and the lack thereof um, I just, it's just frustrating, honestly, because I just feel like it's always put on the back burner. I feel like it's always, we'll deal with it later, we'll deal with it later. Like the city putting the cigarette tax and the soda tax, it's like, oh, this tax, and they like defend it by saying, this is going to go to our schools, this is going to go to our schools. But it's like, hey, like people are going to find other ways not to pay the taxes. And honestly, and ultimately, no, like, I don't feel like they prioritize it. Like, you you make a budget in your own personal lives and you you always like I think um people are always talking about prioritizing and you know I get always get lectured on myself it's like you know Dahlia you said you had to pay this bill or whatever but you went and bought this pretty purse like what's up with that you know so I just feel like the city kind of does that with our education system um like I think recently in the ballot for our vote it was we had to vote yes or no of what we thought the city should put more a few million more dollars into public parks and transportation and things like that and our education and things like that and and of course I vote yes but then when you see what the city is doing and granted I'm not going to complain too much because yeah Cherry Street Pier is nice Dilworth Park is nice but all of that was happening while we were having teachers protesting and everything like that and I just think it's a prioritization issue so you mentioned you think education should be free and i tend to agree with that and i almost think it is free in a way and i think that's where it's headed from a digital perspective i think i for one you know i was very privileged and had a lot of opportunity growing up you know i grew up in the suburbs you know a couple hours from here and you know my mom is a middle school teacher my dad's an entrepreneur so i get some of the business entrepreneurial stuff and education piece, which is something that I'm interested in and that we focus on here at Momentum too. You know, part of this podcast is even being educational because at the end, you know, as I mentioned, we open it up to questions so that you can learn more about digital marketing and it helps the, the audience and viewers as well. But, you know, with, with education, most of what I know and that I've learned and a lot of people in my space within digital marketing, it's self-education through just online resources like, you know, blogs and articles and videos and YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
it's definitely different from when we were growing up, right? Like literally knowledge is at our fingertips. I, I will concur on that point. Um, um, I just think it's just a complicated situation because there's just so many factors that we cannot control that even being in such a technological era, it's still not like available or accessible to a lot of families. So, or households or individuals who grow up like super poor. So, I mean, it's tough. And, you know, with education and thinking about community and everything, is part of your, your mission or your, your culture around, you know, Philadelphia or education or, you know, what is sort of this, the story and culture there? Honestly, yeah. Like I, I, my, my, both my husband and my goal is to kind of, to be successful enough to where we can start offering free classes. So like right now we're on North Broad and we're in the middle of the, I'm going to just say gentrification, but that's right at the middle point where it's the development and the original and the people who were here before all the development. And I'll sometimes get kids come in or like from the little, from the high school down the street, I think it's people to people and the kids will come in sometimes and they'll look at things and they'll like it or I'll tell them about workshops and they'll say it's cool, but they won't come. And um, I want to be at a point where I can bring enough revenue in through like my screen printing or be like, safe enough monetarily so I could offer free workshops to other to to kids really because I and I also want to work with like a goal is also to work with uh, high schoolers and other young youth where they could experience what it's like if they're in the creative interest to have their own gallery showing like I want to post that for them like you know just give them a little glimpse of what it's like outside of their bubble yeah it's so fitting too like the ambulance just went by in the background like <laughs> north broad you know, it's, yeah it's you know you guys are in in the thick of it you're in, you're in the city and it's it's difficult starting and growing a business in the city and you know to talk a little bit more about that you know what's your experience been like starting a business here in philadelphia um, so far, I mean, it's been pretty welcoming. A lot of people are like what we're doing. Um, but I'm gonna say it's a little tough. I know, like, people are like, oh, it's off the beaten path, you know, like, we're so close to Fishtown and Northern Liberties and um, Center City, like, we're like a 15, 20 minute walk to City Hall, you know, um, Papa's down that way, the convention center, but we're just far enough where it's too far to walk, you know? <laughs> and so there's like, not really much around us. There's not too many restaurants where people will be like, hey, let's go check out this place and walk a block or two. Um, so there are those challenges, um, bringing people to come over, uh, make it like appeal to them and make it like, hey, it's totally worth the visit. You know, it's totally worth the short drive, but um, there are some challenges, but otherwise I would say, I enjoy it. We, we definitely enjoy the people who just come off the street and things like that. Yeah, and how long ago did you, did you start the business? Uh, September 8th was our opening day. Uh, so we're January 8th will be our fourth month. Oh, wow. Brand new. Super brand new. 
Wow. <laughs> you have a lot of fun ahead of you. What are some of your next steps? Like, what are some of the things you're working on? Because I know in these early stages, there's a lot to be done. Yeah, honestly, I, I get concerned that we're doing a little too much. Like I have like both between my husband and I, we have so many different ideas. We're like, we want to do this. We want to do that. Um, and it's like, when is like, I think a question would, and I've listened to a lot of talks on YouTube with like entrepreneurial things. It's like, they say, don't do too much focus on certain things and run with that. But we get so excited. Um, but some ideas we have like specifically towards the gallery part. Um, we're really excited to host for February. We're going to be celebrating black history month. So all of the featured artists will be, uh, people of color. And, um, I have, uh, I already have an artist that showed with us already. He, he does spoken word throughout the city and we're going to open up that day with a spoken word, uh, then, and, um, March, I'm talking to a young, uh, my friend who I mentioned earlier, Sheena Garcia, about doing um, feature women artists for Women History Month. Like that's something we want to do. Um, and also Meek Mills is coming in March. So um, he'll be oh, at man. the Met. Yeah, he'll be at the Met Philly on the uh, 16th. And he, so we're, my, one of the artists that I have in the store right now, his name is Max. He's from Bangladesh originally, but moved to New York when he was younger and then Philly. Um, he um, wants to do a tribute show. So we'll do like a whole thing. We're thinking of like having some music, live music, some food, and just all the featured artists will be doing Meek Mills and maybe some Drake themed art for those two days. And that's, and I want to do uh, Dorothy, I'm thinking, and the Dorothy would be like split. So anything we earn at the door will be split between the store and I think one of Meek Mill's charities. So I'm looking to specifically um, donate to one of his charities that deal with um, wrongful incarceration. So that's kind of where we're thinking this is what we want to do for march wait so do you have a connection or, or no meek personally no <laughs> no i don't oh. but we do <laughs> no but um since he's going to be so close you know to our store and my and my the art the artist who's who he's a big fan of him he asked to do this and i was like yeah let's do it why not um and we'll just just for fun it could be cool yeah, no, that's a great idea. I had a question about the name. So beyond the seams, right? How'd you come up with that? So that was a, it was, it took a little bit. Um, we wanted to be Philly Roots, but I think you can guess why that was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to be, um, I forget what the other one, I think we wanted to be Madhouse. That was like one of the other names we were thinking because just because the way that my husband and I are thinking like so many different things, like there's no necessarily organized plan, but like we want to do so many different creative things at once. And that's how we thought of Madhouse, but that was also taken. Um, I think so Beyond the Seams is much better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then I think I was just toying around and it's like, you know, we're going to be offering, uh, you know, it's started with offering a space for young 
designers who want to showcase their work and their brand and give them a platform to showcase their brand. And then I was like, okay, but I also want to incorporate my side, which is art, like painting and stuff like that, craft things. And so it was like more than just clothing. So it's like more than meets the eye. So it's beyond the seams. So it's more kind of like more than just clothes. That's pretty cool. No, I, I really like the name. Have you heard of the company? It's more of like a startup, also sort of co-working creator space-ish called Rec Philly. I have heard of that. You should definitely collab with them, you know, maybe on an event or some sort of like creator series because they've got this creator spotlight, creator, you know, empowerment series. My two friends started, we, we started out of the same co-working space and venture forth like four years ago, but um, my friends, Dave and Will, I can definitely connect you. You guys definitely should do something together. Oh, okay. Awesome. That would be um, fantastic. So we're in the growth stage of your business right now. It, you know, you guys are three, you know, three months old, just getting started. You know, how did you grow your business so far? And what do you think it's going to take to continue growing your business? Okay. So what have we done so far? Um, honestly, what we've done so far is just a lot of local outreach i would go out and hang flyers i would do instagram i created an instagram um, a lot of people found me on instagram i tried to we threw some money in google advertising um uh, that worked a little bit found a couple people found us through google which was cool Just a little surprised when i was like why you found us through google great it's working right um, <laughs> and then um so like, honestly, it's just really slow right now because we don't have a lot of income to throw into growth. So it's a lot of just manual labor that we're yeah. doing right now. Um, but we're hoping that the more that we get to know people and put ourselves out there, do some more social networks, networking events, um, introduce ourselves and just really kind of like old school ways, like, because we don't, we want to like, we don't necessarily have the large capital to throw into um, advertising, marketing, and stuff. So we're that's where our that's where our focus is right now. And um, but specifically, like before, we said the main crux of our revenue is our screen printing services. So like we're reaching out to high schools and um, other like different organizations who do a lot of who need a lot of like clothing in that way um, and bulk orders. So that's where we're kind of trying to focus to, to build our revenue and that'll enable us to do what we want on the back end, which is like have artists come and show with us and um, maybe hopefully in the future do a couple free workshops, you know, it would be really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's probably gonna be really helpful to piggyback on top of the social status and recognition of some other artists to help pull people into your galleries or at least you know visit you guys digitally and, and find you guys on social media too yeah absolutely definitely because i know um i know who it was it was simone that brought me uh manuela who's the lazy beam artist and um she also brought me a young woman named candy um and uh, graciela 
Um, she brought me a few people. I was just so happy. It's, so I really appreciated that. And even Marissa, you know, Marissa, who um, does the, a lot of the Philly street arts with uh, Conrad, that she did a lot of the We Vote stuff. Yeah. Yeah, even she's reached out to me and she wants to do stuff. So like pretty humbled by that because I think she's great. I love her work. Um, so definitely that piggybacking and kind of working together, connecting off of established artists, emerging artists. Yeah, I can see a lot of the success coming from just grassroots, networking, social media, things like that. Yeah. One of the questions I like to ask everyone we talk to is what makes you unique? And granted, I don't think there's many businesses like yours, but what would you say really makes you guys different? Um, it's funny because I saw that on the question and I was like, what makes us unique? And I'm like the worst person to ask that question. But <laughs> um, I, because I've seen other creative spaces in Philly that are doing different things and even similar things. And it's always funny because you only see them when after you start it. It's like when you buy a car and then all of a sudden you see the same car everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> um, but uh, I think just what makes us different is that maybe it's just we want to be um, truly adaptable and um, to our community. Um, like literally you come in here to us with an idea and we will, we will try our best to accommodate it. Um, we, we, there are a lot of different things that we're trying to do. Um, maybe too much, who knows? I'm sure some will say, but um, ultimately, like you were saying earlier, describing your business about how you really wanna just honor small businesses and really get them on the platform, that's kind of how we feel about our local artists. Like being artists ourselves, we know what it's like trying to get your work out there on a night on a platform that's visible without breaking the bank like sometimes galleries take a lot of money out commission 50 percent 60 percent you know and um it's tough you know trying to make it out there so we just want to be even like some artists who otherwise wouldn't have even thought that they could be in a gallery it's like hey just literally bring me your things and we could hang it up like <laughs> easy <laughs> but that's... we just kind of want to help <laughs> Yeah. So I'm a little curious. You, you talked about marketing your, your business a little bit and we touched on that. Um, you know, what are some of the big setbacks you've had so far? You know, what's been troublesome? What have been some of those difficulties you faced as a small business? Um, honestly, it's difficult training your mind to do or work in a way that you're not used to so i mean i i'm not savvy at all with like marketing at all um i don't think i'm a good salesperson although some people say that i'm really friendly and that helps um but i would say that's really challenging just really just teaching yourself new skills and you kind of have to learn these skills quickly because your business depends on it, especially when it's literally just off the back of two people um, right now. Um, time, I know my husband gets like super frustrated because he's like, oh, I'm not there. I can't be there. I can't help too much because of work. And, you know, I think, you know, we just have to remind ourselves that we just have to keep moving forward because hopefully, God willing, we will have 
you'll reap the benefits of our hard work. Um, that's definitely, I think, challenging time, money, and just learning new skills quickly. And then um, it's funny because I wanted to tell you a story on the setback thing that was funny. Not yeah. funny, but <laughs> surprising. Um, right before we opened, I think my husband's family wanted to take a family trip to Florida. So if we, op we opened September 8th and then we went to Florida I think September 4th and we were there for like two nights maybe two three nights and um and the day we left to Florida someone crashed a car into the front of the building and broke our door <laughs> our front door Jeez. yeah and we didn't know because granted we left at like 5 a.m a friend our, our friends came to to the, our apartment to watch our cat like feed him or something and she was like hey just was this uh was this bumper and all this broken glass here when you guys left and i was like yeah yeah is this normal <laughs> i was like no 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 it wasn't there <laughs> and i was like okay and so she told me like there's like all these things and then like from chatting with like neighbors and like people around she found out there was a car accident and so i called my landlord and it was like 10 o'clock at night so it was dark and i feel bad because my landlord's like 75 years old he doesn't live in philly and he drove all the way out like he got here like at midnight to see and he got someone to pay he paid someone on the street to like clean up the bumper and the glass and he was like but otherwise Idali, everything looks fine like everything's fine don't worry enjoy your vacation and come back I was like, okay, cool. Good to know. I come back, try to open the door. It didn't open. <laughs> I called my, I was like, it's not okay, Max. <laughs> and, um, but what happened was, thank God we have like a metal bar in front of the glass. So the glass wasn't shattered. Um, uh, yeah, you have bars up like protecting the front. Yeah. And um, so we opened, but we finally, Yassine, fin my husband finally opened the gate and we pulled the door open and when we pulled the door open it dislodged from the bottom so basically for a few weeks I would say like thank god we had an emergency door repair people come out and like really like in a haphazard way re-secure the door just enough so that it, we can have a door in the interim of getting a new door <laughs> you need that need to have a door yeah and it was just it was just funny because people would, I was, I made a joke with my husband because I was like, you can tell who's a city person, who's not a city person by how they can open this broken door. Like if it's a right, local, right, right, right. like if it's a local city person, cause it would, it's kind of like, they'll just come through the window. It's fine. They, no, they like pull the door open, even though it's like stuck and jammed. They just one, really one swoosh, open the door. Yeah. But people who weren't from the area, they like kind of like open and if it didn't open, they hesitated looked in the window and then walked away <laughs> i'd have to go out and be like hey no we're open you can come in <laughs> right just put a buzzer out there yeah but thank god we finally got a new door thanks to um our i can't even remember the company name right now pristine or something these guys were super super nice and accommodating they were like do you need anything let me know i'll help you I was like, thank you it's very tough to like manage expectations as a small business owner too, because you never know what your day is going to bring you, like what the, what customers are going to come in, what problems you're going to have to face, what fires you're going to have to put out. 
you know, that's something that I've had to deal with. We've all had to deal with as small business owners and it's tough because you can never really plan for that. That's yeah, that's actually a really good point. And I don't know what, and that's a good question that maybe like you could answer, like, how do you manage those things? Cause I would get people, I know there's like a homeless shelter near us and some other, um, like there's a Salvation Army too. So, um, we get people coming through with some challenges and personal challenges and stuff. And I've had people come in, um, to the store who I think one woman was deaf and I didn't, I tried to speak with her, but then, you know, I don't think she, she didn't want to buy anything. She just kind of walked through and started looking through all my doors and looking behind things. And I was just like, uh, and I'm by myself. So I was just like, uh, <laughs> so like, that's, I think challenging is like, how can you be welcoming and, um, you know, you don't want to mistreat anyone, but you also want to make sure you're safe, you know? True. I mean, that that's a question I can't even answer for you. What I would say is, you know, being a small business owner, no day, no two days are going to be the same in that it's really about making sure you don't ever expect everything to go great because then you can be really let down if, you know, something bad happens and you're really distraught by it, you know, that can really play to your emotions and, you know, once you start letting your emotions get involved, which is going to happen because it's our baby, our business, that's when things can really be difficult, you know, mentally. And so it's, it's just setting expectations and managing those and always be willing to learn and, you know, understanding that it's not going to be easy. That's true. I, I, we have, my husband, and I have those talks often because like, oh, so many times we have conversations when he just comes home and he's like, should we even be doing this? why are we doing this? You know? And it's like, and I'm like, Hey, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, it's okay. Like, yes, maybe everything's not perfect. And like you said, you have to manage your expectations. Um, but I told, I was like, look, let's just set our expectations really low. <laughs> and if all else fails, like if yes. it doesn't come to, if it doesn't succeed, Hey, we tried, you know, I would have been much more disappointed in myself if I didn't even try. It's I never really plan for a backup option, but I always know like they're, they're, if worse comes to worst, it's not the end of the world. True. You know, just like think about what really matters in life and just being able to have the opportunity to do this or to try this or, you know, to even be in, an Amer in America and have, you know, the free will and, and liberty to, you know, start your own business and run that it is powerful in itself. Um, so I just like to try to reset my expectations sometimes and, come to reality as to everything's not going to be easy and there's certain things you have to go through being a business owner that aren't easy yeah there's this guy on youtube i listen to his name's pat that's all i got i don't know his last name but he's this like entrepreneurial speaker and um he says that he says you're going to always have doubts and you're always going to question yourself and he was like, and usually the people who fail are people who don't want it, like, or um, can't get through those days. Like you have to fight your demons, your doubts and stuff. And if you really, really want this, then you just can't give in to the cloud of your doubts and stuff. And that's hard. Sometimes. Yeah. You're always going to have good days and bad days. You just need to have more good days than bad days. And for the bad days, you just need to know that good days are ahead and that other people have been through this and that there's a way to get through it and that, you know, the grass is always greener. 
yeah I guess we just kind of hope that we're like the stories that we hear often on how I built this it's like I don't know if you've listened to that podcast on NPR yeah, yeah I like that podcast yeah and it's like some of the stories I hear it's just like oh that's uh, that's rough like how did you get through that and they do and then they become successful I'm like that can be us hopefully <laughs> hey the only way diamonds are made if there's a lot of pressure hey true <laughs> What's something that you've learned about growing a business that's important? If you don't have much of a business background, like what, what are some of the main things that you've taken away from this? Um, I would have to say kind of being social and I've always been social, but not on the level of like really putting yourself out there. Um, like I feel like you cannot grow your own business if you're not willing to go out and market yourself and network. And, um, that's just one of the greatest things I've learned. Like if, like I try to make sure I go to, um, that's like one of our goals for 2019 is make sure we go to at least one social networking thing, at least once a month at minimum. Um, because how is anyone going to know about us if we're not putting ourselves out there? Right. I, I think, I think that's something that's really important to understand and to know even though we're in a big city, it's a lot smaller than we think because the business and entrepreneurship community is pretty tight knit. And if you put yourself out there, you never know what that's going to bring you, whether it's an introduction to somebody else, a resource connection, whatever that might be. And just always having a smile, always being positive and optimistic has been something that I've been trying to focus on myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, optimism is key. I mean, of course you wouldn't be realistically optimistic, but at the same time, you, you, if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. And I think, you know, the fake it till you make it type thing. And it's like, just go and just don't look back, just keep going. And hopefully it will be successful. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you definitely need some form of like, I know like it's hard cause like reality wise, like you need money to do anything. Um, but it's just amazing like what you can do with little. And it's like, just, I think it's really important that you just do it. Like um, we didn't come into this with like a lot of money at all, which is why I was telling like this is one of our challenges when it comes to like um, marketing and all of that. Um, but you'll be surprised i think you can be surprised with how, how much you can do with little and really like you said grassroots and just really like hitting the pavement yeah a lot of people think entrepreneurship and starting a business is like getting all this venture or angel capital and raising all this money when in reality like 99 percent of the businesses are not funded by outside sources it's either like usually self capital or maybe some bank loans friends family loans stuff like that Mm hmm yeah yeah I mean I we definitely yeah we know about that stuff what is what would you say is the hardest thing and the best thing about being an entrepreneur in a small business center the hardest thing and the best thing being a business owner I would say the hardest thing is that it's harder than having and this is me personally I don't mean to offend anyone no, yeah, <laughs> It's hard. It's, not, it's harder than having a nine to five job. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, it is hard. Like for me, I've always 
been a slacker. Like I do what I need to do. I work hard, but once that clock hits at 5 p.m., I'm like, oh, it's five. I can go now. Goodbye, you know? But it's hard though, because you're constantly on. You're constantly thinking about what needs to be done tomorrow, now, whatever. Um, and like, are you, and it's FOMO becomes even more real. It's like, okay, what's happening in this city? Could right. I have like, right. benefited out of that? I should have been more involved. Da, 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 da. And it's just, it, that is hard, especially when it comes to family time. Like it's the holidays right now. And as a new business owner, I probably will be better next year, you know, God willing. But this year, you know, I kind of was like, why is anyone work right now? I'm trying to hang out with my sister. She just came to visit. I'm like, why is anyone working? Um, I want family time. And you could literally take off as many days as you want or work every minute that you want. It's really up to you. You know, it depends if you want to be successful or not or, or make money. You know, it's it's all about you you control your decisions you control your choices and you have to live with those and, and that's tough to deal with yeah i mean granted i have a friend who, you know i have a couple friends who had to work on christmas day and everything or i'm sorry christmas eve and all of those things and um my husband and i we don't celebrate christmas um because we're muslim but nonetheless those days like our families have off and it's usually like an, it's a national holiday so people usually have off and we try to take advantage of that time to visit and spend family time together. And it's just difficult. Cause like my mother is like, Hey, you know, why are, you know, we're at dinner and I'm like, I'm sorry, I need to answer this email. <laughs> and I'm like, just let me, I'm, I have to also work mom. Like, I'm sorry. Right, right. <laughs> um, but the best thing is the same thing. It's like a double-edged sword. So like, yeah, you do have, you are your own boss. That's the best thing, right? Um, you dictate your work. You manage yourself. Um, you're not answering to anyone. Um, and yeah, I was able to work from home, you know, like those are the great things. Like I'm very flexible. Um, I can, and I'm meeting new people. And honestly, my favorite thing is just meeting so many creatives specifically in what we're doing. And it's just being part of being a part of a community that is inspiring and fighting the good fight, you know, through art. And it's just, it's really, really humbling and so, so rewarding. I agree completely. You know, the, the good days always outweigh the bad and just the opportunity that you have with running a business and control and flexibility of your own life and, and schedule is, is so powerful. Um, Last questions I, I want to have for you before I open it up. Last question would be, Idalia, tell everyone listening, you know, as we wrap up here, where are you located, where people can find you online, where they can get more information? Okay. Hey, everyone. <laughs> you can find us on Broad Street. Um, we're literally like down the block from the new Met building, also across the street from the furniture store, Broad and Parish. That's where we are. Oh, you're um, by the Met. They just yeah, the we're right. so excited. That's awesome. Now you understand why I want to do the Meek Mills thing. <laughs> you guys are about to pop off there. It's it's a that's serious. I like that. They just Love had to be Bob Dylan and John Legend. Yeah, can I tell you, John Legend liked my Instagram picture. No, he didn't. Yeah, I tagged him because I try to do like life is complete. Yeah, life is complete. <laughs> I was like, was this an accident? <laughs> 
cool. I'll hold on to it. I know it's like mini school in his world, but I'll hold on to it forever. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're on like uh, Broaden Parish uh, near the Met. Um, also not too far from the Divine Learning Hotel for right. like big, big landmarks um, for reference. Um, on our website, we are btsphilly.com. Like the Korean K-pop band, BTS. <laughs> but uh, btsphilly.com. And what was your third question? Uh, social media, maybe, and, you know, where they can find information about you. Um, Instagram and Twitter. We are on, more so on Instagram than Twitter. Um, it's uh, btsphl. Yep. And that's for Instagram and our Twitter. Awesome. And now I want to open up to you, you know, this part of the, the session, you know, ask one or two really important questions about digital marketing and related to your business that you think I can help you with or answer for you uh, that might be valuable. Digital marketing. Um, what, what do you, what would you, in your experience, recommend is the most effective way to market yourself on the digital media platform um, to gain a larger audience? But without, if you have a really small budget, like little to no budget. Right. It's a great question that I, I get a lot. What I would say, so, so one, you need to understand what your budget is and what you can allocate towards marketing. If it's not a lot, which it usually isn't for most small businesses that are local, you have to do more grassroots, a, a, lot, of, a lot more manual labor, uh, a lot more intensive, um, intensive work on your end especially socially for awareness. And you also need to understand what your goals are and who your target market is and then kind of work backwards from there. So what I would say for you is you definitely have to go the, the grassroots, which grassroots and guerrilla marketing in my mind is how most bus businesses and small local businesses were ever built, which is a lot of networking, you know, flyers, uh, posters, going to events, uh, going to shows, conferences, stuff like that. But from a social realm, what I would tell you is to leverage social connections uh, through social media platforms and just try to initiate a lot of conversations to people, specifically artists that are local, who you'd want to bring into your space. So whether it's getting somebody to make an introduction for you via Facebook, LinkedIn, or, or Instagram, mm -hmm. or actually finding these uh, you know, people yourself through Instagram and DMing them, you know, tagging them in your pictures, uh, commenting on their posts, just really, you know, getting their attention and then providing them some sort of value, whether it's, hey, we want to feature you, you know, we're going to get this sort of recognition and press and it's a chance for you to sell your, your artistic work. Um, you got to put a lot of shots on goal and you got to really put in the time uh, because that's the only way to really, you know, build momentum here. Yeah, I, um, it's so funny because I have a, my friend is helping me. I let her take over the Instagram for a little bit. because She's really good with this stuff. Um, and I was like, don't you feel bad for just at mentioning everyone for everything or just Bye. like tagging them too much? Like, I don't really know them. And she's like, no, don't feel bad. <laughs> the way of the world. <laughs> Do you have any other questions for me before we wrap up? Um, how do you prioritize? Oh, oh <laughs> that's a tough one. That's so hard. <laughs> that's, that's really tough for me. So I, I own and run three businesses. I've got the agency Momentum Digital. I've got a couple electronic stores that I own called Phone Repair Philly. 
And then I've got like a, a third company that's just through me. That's like pretty much any opportunities I want to get into. I bucket it within that. But prioritization is around, you know, there's certain times of year, times of the week that certain things get done. I live and die by my calendar. So, you know, Devin, Devin scheduled this for us, put it on my calendar. I have notifications. I have certain technology and alerts that I have set up. But usually I start every morning and I follow certain routines and habits that I just try to increase the performance and production of those habits. You know, I start off every day, um, you know, writing down my goals and what I'm grateful for. And then I, you know, check my calendar. Then I check my email. Uh, then I go into, you know, start working towards those goals for the day. Uh, there's a lot of different hats we wear as small business owners. So really it comes down to being organized. And one of my main focuses for the new year, which every business owner listening probably has some, something similar is focus. I am an entrepreneur first and a digital marketing second. So I need to focus on what's in front of me and getting certain things finished before I move to the next thing. Yes, I, I agree. You know, everything you're saying, honestly, I've heard from like entrepreneurial talks I've listened to. It's like building these habits, um, like the most successful people out there, like the rock or bill gates or people like that they just specifically have a really good morning routine that they do every day and it really helps their momentum for the day exactly and it's tough because you get distracted and pulled away but that's the best way i would answer that um well thank you so much this has been great getting to know you and learning more about beyond the seams idalia it's been an absolute pleasure uh great conversation i don't have any other questions left for you but, you know, if you have anything left that you want to mention to anybody listening, anything to leave us with, uh, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I guess just follow us on Instagram and keep posted on our events coming up. We would love to meet our community, our Philadelphia community. Do you have any sort of specials or anything coming up that people should know about? Yeah, this Sunday um, between 5 and 10 p.m., we're doing an end of the year bash celebrating our 2018 successes and getting excited for what 2019 has to come. We're hoping everyone can come and celebrate with us and enjoy local art and we'll have some food and music and some drinks. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Everyone listening. Uh, thanks for your time and attention. Uh, it's been another great episode of Small Business Saturday, and we will see you next week for another episode. Thanks again and stay tuned.